Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Ice the Kicker. My name is Glenn Zanigris, alongside, as always, Matt Ferrara, week nine in the NFL, in the books. Jets almost pulled it out. Giants <laughs> beat the Redskins again, the only team they could ever beat. We'll get into that. But to begin, Matt, the Dolphins are Tua and O. <laughs> you, right. you got you love it you love it uh, the floor is all yours how excited on a scale of one to ten are you right now about what the dolphins are doing so i'll, I'll focus more on the the team first right now so i mean you're sitting at five and three you had uh five and three right now you're you're in the playoffs you're sitting at the seventh spot right now above uh the browns which is very big this is again. I know it's only halfway through, but I mean, five and three halfway. That's about like. I, I mean, that, that's a couple wins. I would say more than what we kind of thought about in prior to and the that's season. That's on pace and, for ten and six. And that's what I mean. So you you go nine and seven slash ten and six after a full on tear down where you got five wins, but you still overachieved. I mean, that just puts uh, to me that would put Flores in coach of the year category without a doubt. Obviously, Tomlin might have something to say, but just. To see, again, they rattled off four straight wins and then they're a couple of their losses besides the Patriots won opening day, which they got they got beat up pretty bad, but still by 10. They had a lead in the fourth quarter against Buffalo. And then Seattle, the same thing. They had, had a lead, but just just defense kind of lost it. And now you're seeing that the defense is stepping up and they're holding, they're holding on to games. And obviously, I mean, you score 34 points like they did, you deserve to win. And it, it just again, you're you're really seeing an excitement from the fan base and just all over Twitter and stuff like that. And obviously outside of two, I'll get in, get it to him a little after, but just the, the team as a whole and just them performing and, and Flores doing what he's doing. It's like, Holy shit. Like, is this, is this a real football team? Like, is this what winning close games feels like? It's, it's absolutely crazy. And we forecasted this last episode, Matt, we said bringing in Tua, it's not only good for the offense, but it, it, it revitalizes the entire roster. And the mm-hmm. defense really didn't need any more motivation than what they were already getting. I saw a stat going into week nine. They gave up, they were giving up what 18 points a game, which was like best yeah. in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. The 31 from the, the uh, Cardinals, that's going to bring that up. And, you know, that's, yeah, that's but they're still only they're at four. Because with Kyler Murray, who's absolutely fantastic, you can't mm-hmm. knock him whatsoever. But other than the 31 they gave up in a win anyway, their defense has been absolutely fantastic. And everything they, they've done up until they, decided to make this move at quarterback has just completely been put to another level because, you know, they are getting this, this um, shot of adrenaline and this vote of confidence by putting into a, that's their franchise saying, Hey, we think you guys can do things this year. And they put Mm -hmm. into a, and to this point through two games um, to a kind of managed the first game, didn't really didn't get get unleashed in the first game, but Mm -hmm. in this game, 20 for 28, 248, two touchdowns, no interceptions, no turnovers, which is extremely important. The defense mm-hmm. had a few takeaways, and I think they had a score, right? Yeah, they scoop and scores, yeah, strip sack, scoop, scoop and score. And then after that, they didn't really – I mean, again, you, they didn't really do much to contain Kyler until back end of the fourth quarter where they had to make a stop, and they did. Yeah, they just they did just enough, which is all you need to do at times. I mean, you're not going to shut down every single team every single week. Exactly. But this team – is playing with an extra pep in their step. They're playing with an extra, you know, added motivation. And that's what you get when your owner and when your decision makers in the front office saying, let's, let's put him in, let's put Tua in, let's see how mm-hmm. far he can go. And everybody gets pumped up because everyone loves seeing, you know, 
this franchise guy, this everyone in Miami heralds the savior of the franchise, he gets mm-hmm. thrown in and now everybody's pumped. The defense is pumped. The offense is pumped. The coaching staff is thrilled. And most, most importantly, really, is the fan base. The fan base is yeah. really into this Dolphins team for the first time. And I'm not, I don't know. I don't follow. You obviously are a Dolphins fan. You follow the fan yeah. base much more than I do. But mm-hmm. two decades, like, has there yeah. been this much talk about the Dolphins ever? Never. In the Never. media and in the fan base? That's a, I mean, I type in uh, after after the game on uh, on Monday. I typed in just Miami Dolphins on YouTube, and there's Nick Wright talking about him. Stephen A. Yeah. He's on the on first take. He, uh, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp and like Rich Eisen. Like like they're everywhere. And like this is something that has never happened. Even when they made the playoffs and they had, they were a ten win team, they've never been talked about this much. And I think a large portion of that is Tua. But I think almost an equally uh, equal portion of that is just kind of Flores. Like we've never had a, th- this exciting kind of league leading team. Obviously, you're getting that with the defense, and that you, you're just you're just seeing a, a buzz around them, and people are, are actually saying, "All right, the Dolphins are like a a, a good team, and, and they're flirting with a, a great defense." But there, there's something that there's just something there. Like, like when you go back and I obviously I rewatched the highlights of the uh, Dolphin Cardinals game like a thousand times, but there was only 4,000 people there and the place was absolutely electric, just back and forth with Kyler and two. And obviously that was kind of the storyline, just like, oh, this is how it's going to be for years to come. And I think you really saw just an absolutely amazing game and it just really kind of could have foreshadowed just what's going to happen in the next, hopefully say five plus years, just throughout the league landscape. It, it was it just, they're, 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 again, they're firing at all cylinders right now. And I think a, a large part of it is just the youth movement that they have. You just have a ton of just selfless guys and they're, they're all young. And I think that helps a lot too, because sometimes yeah. you get the older vets that just like they're, they're on their last leg or they already have the money. They already got paid. And we talked about this a lot about, money being a motivator and it is it's just human nature and i think this youth movement that they have i mean they have two guys that are 30 or over one of them is kyle van noy the other one's fitzpatrick who doesn't obviously play anymore so just having this group of basically kids go out there and try to win games with this younger head coach i think is a recipe for success when i think of sports teams i always equate to what i know most and that's the yankees and what Mm -hmm. you just said reminded me of this in that 2010, 2011, 2012 era of the Yankees when Mm -hmm. the Jeters and the Pettits and the Riveras were on the way out. They were making the playoffs, but if you watch highlights of those playoff games, Matt, like the fans aren't really into it. And then you look five years later in 2017 when the Judges and the Glabers and the Sanchez, they come up, all of a sudden Yankee Stadium is like what it was in the 90s when that team was Mm -hmm. shown before. So everybody, when it comes to a youth in sports, everybody loves the young guys. Yes. And everybody gravitates towards those young guys. That's why we, everyone talks about all these young quarterbacks like Mahomes and Jackson mm-hmm. and now Tua. So everybody now, the Dolphins now have the spotlight on them. And when you think about mm-hmm. the players, they're going to tell you they don't listen to the media. They don't read the papers. They don't listen to the yeah. radio. That's bullshit. They do. Yeah. And if they're yeah. waking up in the morning before they go to work or practice or whatever you want to call it, they have first take on, right? They, yeah, they have no, first take. They have first things first on. They have get up on. Yeah, 100%. And, and all these years being a Dolphin, you turn it on. They're talking about the Steelers. They're talking about the Cowboys. Then you're in your mind, they're like, oh, why don't they talk about us? They don't care mm-hmm. about us. All of a sudden, yeah. you're not doing your job to the best of your ability. You turn on first take if you're a Dolphins player and you see Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman talking about you and your team. All of a mm-hmm. sudden, subconsciously, 
you're going to push a little harder and push a yeah. little more. They're going to mm-hmm. get, if the NFL is smart, they're going to flex them to a Sunday night game later in the year. That's going to yeah. push them even more. Those are those yeah. motivating factors when they know, when athletes know that people are watching them, they get mm-hmm. that much better. And I think that's what you're seeing with the Dolphins the last two weeks. Yeah. I mean, you had Dan Orlovsky literally apologize to the, to the fan base because he was saying, don't start to a, he's not ready. And then obviously after his awesome performance, he literally was like, I'm sorry. I don't know what he's talking about. Like so many people were like Colin Coward, kind of same thing. He was like, ah, like, you think he was a big two, a fan to start. He kind of backtracked. and was like, ah, he's too small. Like he doesn't have any shiftiness. And then you saw him escape twice that in two crazy kind of uh, uh, extend, extend the play uh, situations. And it was just awesome to see, but yeah, it really is uh, awesome to see. And, I mean, obviously you've seen it too, just how many times players are like, oh, like, like they're disrespecting us. Like they, they don't respect us, but then it never really works out because they were getting disrespected for a reason. I think you're seeing like a legit organic reason of a team that not that they're necessarily getting disrespected, but they're not getting any national love. Now you're seeing them really fight for that national love. And it's our, it's real energy. They're not faking it. It's all real. And that, like you said, that would be awesome to see them get flexed to a, a primetime game like later in the season, like yeah, you I'm not sure when like, the flexes happen. I don't. I think there's mm-hmm. a week where the NFL is now allowed to flex, but you know, yeah. looking right now, week 14 against at home against Kansas City, that might be the one that gets flexed. I know there's a rule with how many teams are allowed on Sunday night, so the yeah. Chiefs might be at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but week 17 even, against the Bills, if that's that game yeah. that can decide who wins that division, NBC is going to get that. Yeah, no, so this I, is the I first agree. time in a decade that the Dolphins are getting even the idea of getting flexed to a national mm-hmm. televised game. And you can't tell me, you can't tell anyone that that's not a big deal because it is. No, I mean, again, I used to like, I used to literally just, just, I, I, I would be so mad when they would get uh, primetime games because obviously all the eyes are on them and they would, just, they would never perform. I mean, I can't tell you, I remember one year, I think it was like 2016. They lost by like 50 points and then 40 points in a Sunday night game and then the next week Monday night game. I'm like, like I'm like, you can't put this team. Uh, I remember in Odell went off of them as a giant. Odell went crazy against the Dolphins on a Monday night game. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that too. Yeah, that that was a, a, again very good. That was a, a closer game. But like you had Jay Cutler. Like there, again, there was nothing organic and there was nothing real about. It. And I think you're seeing now that they actually like are relevant and not just because of Tua, because obviously that gives them the relevance, but just because they're actually somewhat good. Like it just, it feels weird. Like that whole game. I'm like, is this what, like a, this was a big boy win. I think I texted you that. Like this was an absolute big boy win where you didn't just spank the Jaguars. You didn't, Oh, maybe it was a fluke game against, against uh, the Niners. And then we beat the Rams pretty bad too. And it was like, eh, well, maybe they were just off. Like this was a real big boy win against one of the best offenses in, in, in football. And that's so important to get those now because Agreed, yeah. why, why wait? Because that's what the Dolphins were essentially doing with Fitzpatrick. They were waiting to get those big boy wins down the yeah. road. Now they're speeding up that rebuild process. By the time we get to January, if they get a couple more, let's see, I'm looking at their schedule now. If they get another big boy win against the Chargers. Um, the next four games are, are quote unquote easy. Yeah, Let's say they get the Chargers would be a solid win. I think the Chargers and Dolphins are comparable. Yeah. But I can call that a big boy win. Too much to ask for the Chiefs, in my opinion. No, yeah, that that's like that's that, that's David and Goliath. Yeah, Mahomes like, versus Tua. But if they can at least fight in that game and keep it close, and then they can make that Week 17 game like m- meaningful. Yeah, no, 
I think, then I think they can the week- go back in week 17 if it's the fourth quarter and they're down like they were against the Cardinals. They can go back to what they experienced with the Cardinals and use that in the Buffalo Bills game. And now it's all of a sudden not new to them. That's why this is so important because all these experiences yeah. they're having now, even if they settle for the seventh and get bounced in the wild card round or maybe not even make the playoffs, at least they're getting this experience of winning these important games now instead of next year. And then next year doesn't work out. Now, yeah. at this point, these big boy wins happen, and maybe they get the Bills in Week 17, and they win, and they win the division, and they get a home playoff game. All of a sudden, you're set up for the next decade because yeah. this core experienced what they needed to experience. Yeah, I mean, and and just like the I went over, and basically the whole team, for the most part, is all kind of coming back. Like, there really isn't any big key players or positions that you're losing. So even more so, hey, whether you, you succeed or fail as far as making the playoffs or not making the playoffs this year, your whole team is going to return and they're going to get older. And obviously you hope that they're going to get wiser and they're going to learn from it. So I think you're really seeing that you, you have a great core of just super young kids. Cause again, they are still kids. Like we keep saying, and then you just, you, you're going to see them blossom along with Flores blossoming as a coach. Cause obviously this is only his second year as a head coach. So it, it's cool to see him grow as a coach and then, all his, his coordinators, the kind of the same thing, and then come along with the players. Like you really see that that player coach relationship, opposed to just say more of a Belichick uh, relationship, where it's more out of fear. Which again, that's fine; it works for him. But you're seeing, I would say, almost like a new age in coaching, where you really see that he cares about the players. Now let's do this. We we played sports our whole life, and you know the saying yes. is, you never look past the game that's right in front of you. Yes. But we're not playing these games; we're doing a podcast, so we're allowed to do it. So I'm going <laughs> to ask you. To move into the schedule, we've done this a couple mm-hmm. times already. The next mm-hmm. four games before you get to that Kansas City game are, are winnable football games. You got the Chargers, I mean, yeah, and then it gets easier as it goes down. The Broncos, who aren't that good, it seems, and hurt the Jets, yeah. who haven't won a game yet, and then the Bengals, who are still learning, kind of like on the yeah. Dolphins, but the Dolphins seem to be ahead of them. If they mm-hmm. can get three of those games, and if you're going to be selfish, maybe even four, all of them. Then all of a sudden you're what eight and four, nine and three going into that yeah. Kansas City Chiefs game, and all of a sudden that's a big, big game. And, and you, you go into first, yeah. I'll, so those four games, there's with what you've shown this last four wins, you should win those games. Like they, they I mean, they're already favorites in the Chargers game. They're favorites right now. It says in the Broncos game, they're going to be favorites against the Jets, and they're going to be favorites against the Bengals. So. Your favorites in those games, betting wise, you should win those games. So, if they, I think again, you have I'll to go take at least one off. I think because you know, two is still only two weeks old. Yeah, essentially, I think you would be fine with three. Yes, yeah. Next less, year, less, all next year, all four. Yeah, I think that, that, three fair. of these four would be big. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you it, less than three is going to be like, all right, what the hell happened? Like, you better hope yeah. that either Herbert or Burrow put on like a five touchdown performance. And even then you're like, what the hell happened to defense? So let's just say, yeah, they go three there. So that puts them at uh, eight. So that put them at eight and four, like you said. And realistically with the seven playoff teams, you have Chiefs, Patriots, Raiders, and Raiders are a team you're competing with for the, the playoffs. That and then they play, right they there, play them later on too. Exactly. So that game against, against the Raiders might be, the the game that decides if they can get in with at least a wild card spot. I still think the Bills are going to run away with the division a little bit. Again, I mean they have 
uh, a couple tough games coming up. But obviously, anytime you play the Patriots, they're still kind of that, like, all right, well, even though they're not very good, they still can kind of squeeze away a win. But I think that week 16 might determine if they get, get into the playoffs a little bit because I'm not a believer in in the Browns at all. Same thing with the Colts. I don't really believe in them too much. But I think the Raiders are a strong enough team where they'll be neck and neck with us. And if you can get the tiebreaker ahead of them, that, that sets you up pretty pretty strongly. The Bills have the Cardinals next week on the road. So they're going to have to go cross country. Mm-hmm. Now that's tough because not only are they going cross country in the time zone and everything – but the Cardinals could be motivated to not lose that game because they just yeah. lost the Dolphins. And I don't think mm-hmm. Kyler is going to be, you know, too keen on losing back-to-back games. Then they have no. the bye. So that's going to give the Dolphins that half a game that they're missing right now. And sure. then their schedule is very similar to the Dolphins with one big caveat. They have the Chargers, who the Dolphins play. They have mm-hmm. the Niners, who are struggling, to say the least. Yeah. Then they have Pittsburgh. Now that's what the Oof. Dolphins have a little bit of a game at hand because that's they don't need point. to play Pittsburgh. They did yeah. that already. Thank God. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, we, we don't obviously, even, even on their worst day, they don't lose. Yeah, yeah we, we saw it against the even, Cowboys. They didn't play well we didn't against the Cowboys play, at all. Yeah. They still won the game. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't so, even play Pittsburgh. So that bye and the Pittsburgh game gives Dolphins a game and a half kind of advantage just towards the end of the year, where that yeah. Week 17 game could be, you know, for the division. So yeah. no, if you're I, a Dolphins fan – you deserve this. You deserve to dream this big because you haven't been able to for 20 years, your entire lifetime, basically. So you, you deserve it. You should do it. Yeah. I mean, put it this way. I wouldn't say we're in the driver's seat, but we're, we're chilling in the back seat right now. We're in the car, we're moving forward, but we're not Mm -hmm. necessarily in the driver's seat. But like you said, you kind of add up those games and say, say the bills drop one to, to a, a, a worse team. It's like, who knows, but these next four games are huge. You can't, come off the gas pedal right now you got to keep pounding forward you got to at least get three that'll set you up where if you win either one or two of the next four which are four very tough games that it again you'll you'll see if they are are uh, contenders or pretenders by kind of how these next four games go i think because like you said the teams aren't as good so you should be beating them and shifting the attention from the afc east race from the dolphins to the bills they had a huge win against seattle like, yeah. if they don't oh. win that game, and a lot of people, all people expected the Seahawks to win that game. If mm-hmm. that goes the other way, all of a sudden the Dolphins are in tremendous shape to win the division. But, yeah, no, you know, it, Josh it's... Allen absolutely lit it up against Seattle, and that's not mm-hmm. an easy thing to do. Um, we, we went back and forth about Josh Allen throughout the series mm-hmm. of this podcast this season. That yeah. was in a very impressive game by, by him. Yeah, I mean, again, you you looked at their last two weeks. They put up 24, and they just beat the Patriots by three. Then they only put up 18 against the Jets, and that's where me and you both were like, oh, like they're like like what happened? Like this team isn't isn't real, whatever. And then obviously you throw up 44 against the Seahawks. I know the defense isn't, isn't still isn't that good, but 44 points is a ton. And even their their defense, they had like four, or they they had like made a what's his name Russell Wilson like turn over four times. Like a lot of those points, yeah. yeah, A lot of those points of the thirty-four were kind of garbage time. Like last, like they're playing prevent defense. It doesn't really, really matter too, too much. But I thought that game was was a statement game. I think for the Bills throughout the whole uh, NFL, saying, "Hey, we're 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 here and we're we're ready to go right now." Josh Allen went thirty-one of thirty-eight, four hundred fifteen yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. It would be very difficult to ask your quarterback to do better than that. Against the Seattle I, uh, Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, it's not the 100%. Legion of Boom anymore, 
mm-hmm. but it's still, you know, a Super Bowl contending team. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And the Seahawks were our, our picks to go to the, go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And obviously that, that may have changed a little bit throughout the weeks, but again, they're still a six and two football team. Let's move to the other two teams in the AFC East, that Monday night game between the Patriots and the Jets. Going into this game, I kind of had a feeling if the, this this is a game the Jets could win. Like if this mm-hmm. if the Jets were going to win a game, this would be it. And for a long time, they had that. The Flacco played well in the first half. Cam Newton yeah. and the Patriots didn't. Mm-hmm. But eventually, the the uh, Patriots prevailed. I Bill Belichick yeah. under no circumstances, whether it be with Tom Brady and trying to win a Super Bowl or this team that he has now, he'll never lose. He'll never want to lose to the Jets. Yeah. A lot of people were a lot of people were kind of saying, "Oh, if Bill loses to the Jets, he's actually winning. It's actually doing him. <laughs> he's yeah. they're actually doing him a, himself a favor by getting Lawrence out of the Jets." But Nick Newton drives down the field to get the game-winning field goal. Nick Folk, former Jet, beats his old team. Um, now we get a week closer to the Jets clinching that first overall pick in the draft. I don't. We, we were talking in our group chat with Garrett. Garrett's like, "I don't know where the win's coming." So yeah. if they get that number one pick, all of a sudden it's becoming more and more realistic that Lawrence is going to be there for the Jets. And mm-hmm. we ran a poll, or you ran a poll on Instagram a few weeks ago saying whether you have Darnold or Lawrence, and it was 30% Keith Darnold to figure it out with him. You got to mm-hmm. think now with Darnold not only not playing well, but also not being as um, healthy as, as you, know, you want your guy to be, you got to think that number would go up. Yeah, again, and I'm 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 projecting a seventy percent yes. You're you're drafting Lawrence. Like I, again, it, it it's always funny to see how the season plays out and just see how fan bases kind of flip flop a lot. But it just this one specifically, everybody was Jets fans specifically. A lot of them were ride or die with Donald. He's still good. We got to get him a line. We got to get him weapons. We got to do this. We got to do that. And now it's like, all right, maybe we'll take Trevor Lawrence. And so again, that's just that's just part of football. Like and again, we'll get into it a little bit with Kyler and then kind of uh, with the Giants. But as far as the uh, the Jets go with their schedule again, and even the Patriots game, they I thought again I said the same thing. I was like they're going to win today. Like like they're they're one hundred percent going to win. And I think they would have won if Flacco didn't throw that uh, bomb interception. Like you had five minutes left. You're up. You're up a touchdown, and you you friggin' throw a pick on like the first play. Like that, like that was so stupid. And that was that was a very like oh like 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 we're tanking S kind of play. Like if you're a Jets fan who wants to go 0-16, that that was your absolute miracle play right there. So that that one as as a Dolphin fan, because obviously I don't want Trevor Lawrence to go to the Jets, I was like shit. Like they had it in the bag and they absolutely mm-hmm. gave it away. In like for a quick second, second, Lawrence was on his way to Jacksonville. For like a quick yeah. second, because I don't think Jacksonville's winning it, winning, winning much at all, if anything. No. So I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I mean, you look at you look at the Jets' schedule. They got Chargers. That one maybe they could win. Then you is got it on the road. It is. It, it's at uh, Los Angeles. Oh, then they're not winning. Yeah, so that that's whatever. And then you have obviously Dolphins. We're assuming Dolphins to win. Raiders, you're going to assume Raiders, and Seahawks, Rams, Browns, Patriots. I mean, again, they do get the Patriots again, but it's that Patriots might be the and Foxborough. I think, but it might not matter Brown, at that point. That Browns one might be interesting. I think that that one could be. Are God, they home imagine, against the Browns? They are. They are home against the Browns. Oh, there you that's go. Gonna, 
that's going to be an interesting one. But I think imagine that, that the Jets win the last two games of the season and miss out on Lawrence. That would be, that would be, that would be, that would be the goddamn Jets right there. That would be so typical Jets and they would just be in, in, in disarray. And something I saw watching the pregame for the Jets Patriots game, they put a graphic up about cap space going into the soft season. The Jets and Patriots both have at least $85 million in cap space. I think the Jets are at a hundred. So though both those teams, I think that's why this season is so important to both the bills and dolphins. Both those teams could be dramatically improved by next September. Assuming one of them get a quarterback, let's say the Jets get Lawrence and the Patriots get whoever, right? Anyone could be better than a wash up Cam Newton at this point. Mm -hmm. And then in free agency, you know, Bill Belichick's going to have pull. You know, he's going to get some guys. People want to play for him still. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you got to assume that the Jets are going to bring in some A-list guy, hopefully, and the people are going to want to play for him. Mm -hmm. It's not this black hole for the Jets, and certainly not the Patriots, but specifically, it's not the black hole for the Jets that this is going to be like a another 10-year thing, that they're going to be terrible. If they make the right moves, they can be right back in one or two years. The issue mm-hmm. is, do you trust Douglas? And do you trust whatever head coach they get? And do you trust uh, Chris Johnson, the owner, to make those right decisions? Because it's not out of the realm of possibility if everything breaks right in terms of Lawrence and then the guys they bring in around him with their $100 million in cap space, that mm-hmm. this team could be good in the yeah. relatively near future. I mean, you, you look at... The Dolphins in their at the year after their their bad season. Now they're doing pretty well. the The Niners they went like they had two wins, and the next year they're going to the Super Bowl or whatever it was. And then you look at the Rams, kind of same thing. Like it only really took them like say one one to two to three years. But I think the biggest thing is going to be the head coach. And again, I mean, if they keep Gase, that would be absurd. Horrible. I think because not even the fact that I just don't think he's a good coach at all, but no free agents are going to come to you. I think Gase might be the only coach in the NFL where you're going to be like, listen, I, I, I don't want that amount of money. And again, if they were, if they were smart, I think they would go after the chiefs offensive coordinator. That would be, I think a, a huge pull for, for, for them. And I think that would be an awesome, uh, awesome opportunity for their, what's, what's his name? Like Ben, the, the chiefs. I don't have it in front of me. I, I'll pull it up real quick, but any, regardless, I mean, you you give this looks like again not to not to pull the Jets, but this offensive guru in a sense with the Chiefs, you give him a hundred million cap space, you give him uh, a defense that isn't terrible. Obviously, they need to invest in a little bit more. You give him a ton of draft picks. They got like two first round picks, and then you give him the quarterback he wants. Like that as a head coach coming in, a new head coach especially, that's awesome. And he's obviously got a little bit of job security being. Uh, a first-year head coach, and also just go coming in the year after their l- little teardown. So I think if they got him, that would be pretty sweet, and that would maybe intrigue guys to come to New York. But if it's Gase, there's no shot. Now, you said this to me in a text after the Jets game, and it was a little mm-hmm. bit of a kind of like a flirty kind of thing. Dabo Sweeney, if, yeah. you know, if Lawrence goes to the Jets, you know, we all know Sweeney loves Trevor Lawrence. Like, it's his baby, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Ken, is that actually a real possibility, or is that kind of just like a, a cute little like maybe this could happen kind of thing? Yeah. So, so to, to give credit for that one, Joey actually said that. Okay. And texted me that, and then it, again, it really made me think about like like what? Why not? 
Like, I, I, like obviously, all right, the question is, oh, can he coach in the NFL? Obviously, that's every, every new coach, you're wondering, can he be a good head coach? You're going to ask but, anyone. If you bring in the best coordinator in the game, they're going to ask the same question. That's what I mean. So I, I think you would see a very old Nick Saban move where he came to came from LSU and he came to the Dolphins. Again, imagine that. Like, you give Dabo Sweeney, who is one of the best head coaches in college football of all time. Can't really debate that and see what he's done with Clemson. And you give him Trevor Lawrence. Like you just say, hey, yeah. here's your guy. You, you bring in the same system. Does it? Like you do whatever you want to do. Like you're like that's again. Obviously, that's never happened before. But like that would make his life a lot easier. And I think definitely would make Trevor Lawrence's a lot easier too because he, it's the same thing. They're they're just playing another year. And I think that would be awesome to see. That would be something cool for New York yeah. Jets fan to see. And something that is kind of maybe a little bit of a benefit to the Jets is that right now, as we speak, Tabo Sweeney is getting a taste of what life is like without Trevor Lawrence because he's obviously mm-hmm. not playing because of COVID. Now they mm-hmm. lost the Notre Dame in an absolute classic. That was crazy. Yeah, that was a great game. But he still lost. Did they lose yeah. the game before? Uh, no, they, they beat Boston College, but that, they kind of came back a little bit. That, that was that's, a scary That's game. Boston College, you know? Yeah. So moral of the story, Dabo's now realizing without Trevor Lawrence, like the Clemson's not going to be the powerhouse that they've been for the last – two mm-hmm. three years right yeah so now that can put in his head hey maybe maybe this would be the perfect moment for me to bounce to the nfl and give that a try yeah you got you got to assume that the jets would pay him a ton of money mm-hmm. obviously he's getting a lot now in clemson but you got to think about a, a team that is just starving starving for a good head coach and they're obviously swimming in money a little bit too you, I think you make that splash. That would be awesome. I think for him, for the NFL, and then for the Jets, because like you said, there, there's what incentive is there to go play for the New York yeah. Jets? Like, like the New York Jets are not a prestigious franchise. What the last time they won a Super Bowl was when it was was prior to a, a person landing on the moon. Well, think about it this way: their whole franchise that is 60 years old is predicated mm-hmm. on one name, one player, the Joe Namath. Other yeah. than that. Who's the Jets legend? Who's the other Jets legend? Every I mean, other I mean, franchise can name at least three or four teams we yeah, root for in New York can name six, seven, eight, depending on which team you're thinking about. Bart Scott, like yeah. Darrell Revis for uh, I bet you the Rex Jets Ryan. have one guy that their entire history is predicated about. Mm-hmm. They need a seismic change in culture, in leadership, and in talent. And I think Sweeney yeah. and Lawrence do both of those. All of us again, and I I despise the Jets, but I would respect the hell, and I, you would be excited for that that move. Again, I don't really know who wouldn't be excited. So basically, my question that will go out on Instagram tomorrow is going to be, if you're the Jets, would you want Dabo Sweeney to be your next head coach, and obviously pair him with his golden child, Trevor Lawrence? You give him whatever he wants. Yeah, you got it. I, I mean, again, I because who else are you going to get? And obviously the the Chiefs off of the corner is got uh, Eric uh, Benimi, Benimi, Eric Benimi. Obviously, he's really good with the Chiefs, and he's got obviously. But that offense is crazy, so you could kind of see where it's like, all right, like obviously he's got Patrick Mahomes is a little easier to, to work with. So I think you take a chance on Dabo Sweeney, and that's I mean just just take a chance because when you signed Adam Gase to be your head coach, that was such a lateral. If I mean obviously that was an even worse move. Like take a chance on Dabo Sweeney. If it doesn't work out, oh well. It, it, it is it is the other thing probably wasn't going to work out anyway exactly so at least just take a chance yeah 
So moving on to the other New York team, Giants. They beat Washington. What's new? They only beat Washington. Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones is five and seventeen in his NFL career. If you take out Washington games, he's one and seventeen in the NFL. And if really? the one was that Tampa game, which was his first start ever. So mm-hmm. other than Washington, he's zero for his last seventeen. That's my stat of the day for you. That I, I I did not know that. That's that's pretty interesting there. I mean, again, that's I, obviously we're only a year and a half in, but you got to beat you got to beat division games. Like you, you yeah. have to, and you can't just you can't sweep. Washington I mean, some games aren't his fault. I mean, Evan Ingram Agreed. catches a yeah. pass, he beats Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, the defense kind of collapsed against the Cowboys, but you know, a loss is a loss is a loss. Yeah, and you could say those two Redskins Washington football game team wins that he had this year. Mm-hmm. One was because Ron Rivera didn't, went for two absurdly, yeah. and he mm-hmm. blew the game for his team when they came back and should have tied the game and put him to overtime. So that could have yeah. been a loss. And it took the Giants five turnovers on Sunday to only win by three. With the backup quarterback. With the backup – or the backup, backup, backup quarterback. Yeah. Haskins didn't play. They're um, all backups. What's his face broke his ankle or whatever it Kyle was. Allen knows. Kyle disgusting. Allen broke his – and then Alex Smith – through just two inexcusable interceptions at the end, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Then the then the Washington wins the game, and we're back into this. You know, is Daniel Jones the answer? Now mm-hmm. the Giants eke out that win, and they play the Eagles on Sunday. And all of a sudden, we have this conversation that we have every single episode. Even though the Giants lose every week, we're still asking the question: Can they actually make a run in the division? I can't. I yeah. give up with the Giants. No, I they're mean, not good I mean- for my mental state. No, I, again, I, I feel you there. It, it's just, it's so crazy because it's like, imagine you had the team that you had, say, three years ago with mm-hmm. Eli, an aging Eli Manning and a team that went, what, maybe like eight wins or whatever, whatever they may have had. That team right now is is a powerhouse in the NFC East, as crazy mm-hmm. as it sounds. So I think this year, if everything kind of uh, unfolds how we think it's going to be and the Eagles say take the division and the Giants fall at that third or fourth spot, like, what an absolute just disappointing season. Again, you could say that you could, and you could say, all right, well, it's it's only what year two of Daniel Jones and year but one. But here's the of thing, Joe that's Judge. fine to have oh, let's give him three years. But it's a yeah. problem when year two when year one was better than year two. That's not a good, you know, yeah, no, I, I I agree. And even more so, it's like what a missed opportunity. Like mm-hmm. you, you had a chance to maybe see Daniel Jones in a playoff game in a real and, and earn his stripes a little bit. And you're not going to get that. I mean, again, I don't really see the Giants winning the division. I think they can statistically. Mm-hmm. Well, mathematically, and, yeah, they could. If they yeah, win exactly. the Eagles game, all of a sudden you're like a game out. Yeah, so they obviously can. But that's – and then this is what I want to kind of get into with the Kyler situation is obviously, again, we've gone over it and everyone knows it, that the, the Cardinals, after one year of Josh Rosen, said we're done with them. We're bringing in Kyler Murray with that first pick. So – it begs the question, not even the Giants, but basically any team. Like, if you aren't necessarily in love with with what you have, it is one year enough, basically. Yeah, and that's and the thing you got to think about from a Giants standpoint. If they get a new GM, he doesn't owe Daniel Jones anything. He didn't he pick him. Dave Gettleman didn't He doesn't owe so, Joe Judge anything. Yeah, that's crazy. So if they as get a sounds. new GM, that's why it was stupid to not fire Gettleman with Shermer. Because now Agreed. you fall into like what the Jets did with Rex Ryan. They brought in yeah. John Igzik. He had to keep Rex yeah. Ryan and set them back to this day. Yeah. If 
they bring in a new GM. Let's say that, you know, Joe Judge is fine because I, I truly like what Joe Judge Same. does. He Agreed. holds his guys accountable. He seems yeah. to be like this general, like military general kind of type kind of guy, disciplinarian yeah. type of guy. I think that's what the Giants need because Shermer mm-hmm. was a pushover. Everybody yeah. knows that. But, you know, a new GM comes in, he doesn't owe Daniel Jones anything. And if Justin Fields is sitting there at the Giants pick, you're going to think long and hard about whether he's better suited than Daniel Jones is to be successful. Because let's let's be honest, even though he didn't turn the ball over against Washington on Sunday, he's a turnover machine. Yeah, He has a million turnovers in his career. And when you go back all the way to college at Duke, he had a million turnovers there too. So at some point, you are who you are. And right now, Daniel Jones is a guy who you know, is a lot more versatile than Eli Manning in terms of, you know, what he can do when he gets flustered outside of the pocket when he needs to move. But other than that, you know, his arm strength isn't the best, right? Yeah. His decision-making isn't great, right? Um, he, he he falls down, the, the field tackles him. But, <laughs> at, you know, at some point, you got to be like, even though he's your first-round pick, you got to move on. Somebody told me this today and or the other day about in a comp to Daniel Jones. I was like, oh, no way. And then I thought Mm -hmm. about it and I was like, well, Daniel Jones is better than this guy, but it's turning out to be in the same kind of deal. And that's Mm -hmm. Jake Locker, Jake Locker, who was drafted by Tennessee, you know, from Washington, not a powerhouse college football school like Duke's not Mm -hmm. a college powerhouse in the in, you know, in football. And the Titans picked him with the first first round. I think it was like eighth. Daniel Jones was Mm -hmm. sixth. And it just didn't work. You know, sometimes yeah. the first round pick just doesn't work. And then I think the I better, mean, the sooner you move on, the better. Yeah. I would give Daniel Jones till the end of the year, mm-hmm. personally. But yeah. if a Fields or a Lawrence is there, you do it. Yeah, again, it, it begs. So a couple of questions to, to go into what you talked about is, obviously it looks like the Giants are no doubt going to have a top five, maybe even top three pick. So you figure you give the Jets number one pick, they get Lawrence. So he's off the board. I truthfully think Justin Fields is going to win the Heisman. So even though earlier in the season, everyone was like, oh, I don't want Justin Fields. People are going to be in love with Justin Fields and they're going to be salivating over him, similar to kind of the Burrow situation. So I think you're going to see a field on the board when they pick. If he's not there, I don't necessarily think I would go quarterback then because rule of thumb is when you're drafting quarterback, you have to love him. If you, if you don't love the quarterback, don't don't get them. Don't just yeah. force yourself into it. But it, it, you're going to run into a situation where they might be at a two or three and Fields is there. And it's like, all right, in our next, say, couple of years, are we ever going to get uh, this draft pick again? So you even yeah. say, like, the, the next year you go six and ten. You're sitting at, like, a tenth pick. You're obviously not going to get a, a, a one or two quarterback for the most part. And then maybe the next year you're at seven and nine. And it's like, oh, well, you're winning more games. But it's like now you're in year four. Then you're in year five. Then you're in – maybe we're in the second contract of, of Daniel Jones, and it's like, shit, well, maybe if we just took that that second quarterback off the board in, in a guy like Justin Fields who looks really promising out of Ohio State with that that second, third overall pick because you might not get another chance like that again. Yeah, and, and, and – Go ahead. You go. You go. Well, something that's interesting, what you just said about, oh, we'll never be here again, that's exactly what we said when they had the Barkley pick. When they yeah, had the second overall true. pick, everyone, all Giants fans – and I said this, I was at the radio station in college at the time. Everyone, mm-hmm. we were all saying, the Giants are never going to be here again. You got to take the quarterback. And then they yeah. didn't take the quarterback. And then they're in that position again. Yeah. So do you learn from your mistakes as an organization? 
I mean, yeah. I mean, what they were saying back then was take Darnold. Obviously, as we speak right now, they're probably better off without Darnold and better with Barkley. Yeah. But you know, that's up to mm-hmm. debate because Barkley doesn't stay on the field, and other than yeah. his rookie year, hasn't been you know that transcendent great running back that we expect. Yeah. But you know, Josh Allen was there too. What if they yeah. took Josh Allen? Josh Allen looks like a star. So yeah, no, if I, Justin I Fields is there, do you learn from the mistake of three years ago mm-hmm. and say, sorry, Daniel, we like you, but we just, we like this guy better. And that's just the it's way like, the business is. Yeah. It's, it's one of those situations where, yeah, we love you, but we're not in love with you. And then yeah. just, you, you really, um, you, you just, you look at uh, like kind of like we said before, about how quickly teams are kind of rebuilding and competing that, it, it, it's not this like five year long rebuild really anymore. You see, like if you get a good head coach, you pair him with a good quarterback. Usually that that's, that's a decent recipe for success there that you also, can nobody kind of, has time for that anymore. Well, and, and that's what I mean. And and you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to wait five years to, to, to compete for a playoff spot, especially if the Cardinals, like I said, if the Dolphins can manage to do it, if and the, the Rams so did bad. it. And, and that, that's what I mean. Even more so you have all these factors that saying, they should be winning the division right now with, with, with kind of where they're at or where they should, should be put it that way. So it's one of those situations where you listen, like we're not where we should be right now. And even though it's only been two years of Daniel Jones, we're kind we're going to go into in, 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 a, in a different direction. And again, it's one of those things where, I mean, I don't really know off the top of my head, but has it ever really kind of panned out again, outside of Ryan Tannehill, I think might be the only one where someone got, traded a quarterback like too early per se similar to like a josh rosen thing and they went on to to be great well drew Brees wow. is there um and that would now and and but but you even look at that with philip rivers like that philip rivers still was a still good quarterback like he yeah. might be a hall of famer so mm-hmm. it's like it didn't necessarily not pan out and i mean get you when you really think about it like like ha- has has anyone moved on from a guy too early and i can even say not even the dolphins because they get 10 help seven or eight years yeah it's like when you really think like i do you imagine yourself say two years from now saying being like shit we shouldn't have drafted justin fields we should have kept on to daniel jones like is daniel jones gonna make you rue the day that you guys traded him like is yeah, that i don't a, know is that a i, I don't i don't think so either because so, where would he go the patriots i mean you could say patriots you could say steelers colts and it, it, I, I get, I, I don't know if I really don't and know. Does Daniel that... Jones even ever actually get a shot? Because you know, every team wants their own guy. They don't want these damaged yeah. goods. I think it's That's be fair. really hard for Rosen to ever get another chance because yeah, no, people no, I mean... they they're gonna say we can get Rosen or Jones, or mm-hmm. we can just Draft get our own guy. Yeah, I mean, Josh Rosen's on the practice squad right now, yeah. so it's like once he's off that rookie deal. I don't know what he's going to be getting paid, but like you said, they might just say, Hey, we're going to take a flyer on somebody in the third or fourth round and then maybe see if they're uh, a kind of boomer bust kind of guy. But I mean, again, it's, it's really interesting to see. And you don't want to just like bury Daniel Jones, but it's like, it's, it's, it is what it is. You said you shouldn't have to wait four to five years to finally be competitive within your own division, especially being how weak it is now. So I think a lot of factors come into play when talking about their decision, whether they want to move on from Daniel Jones, one being obviously is Fields or Lawrence going to be there when they're picking Two, how does Daniel Jones and the whole team kind of progress through the season. And then obviously three being, all right, do they bring in a new GM? Cause he, he yeah. ultimately is going to say, Hey, I want a new quarterback. 
I think the last seven games will determine Jones's future with the Giants. I I, I would one hundred percent agree because if he keeps turning the ball over, and they you know just bottom, even if even if they don't win games, at least look good. Like there's been times yeah, yeah. that he's looked completely incompetent this year. Like mm-hmm. other than like. I watch every game. Like I can't remember a time when I was like, "Oh wow, Daniel Jones." The team's not good, but Daniel Jones is really showing me something here. I don't remember that moment this year. I remember it last year, mm -hmm. but not this year. And I asked you, I remember, and this was similar with the Fitzpatrick situation in Miami. I was like, I didn't want to take him out until he was losing you games. I feel like certain games, you can make the argument that Daniel Jones was losing you games. He lost the Buccaneer game. I get. I, I, I would. That I, was his yeah. fault. Yeah. So, so if he has a couple more of those games where he's like single-handedly losing game, because I like their defense, the Giants. I, I really do. The defense. Blake uh, Martinez uh, has been good. Logan Ryan's been good. Bradbury's been good. Bradbury's uh, Bradbury's fantastic. Their their pressure up the middle with what Tomlinson and mm-hmm. Lawrence uh, and obviously yeah. Williams too. Like I I think that's that's a very uh, I mean not, not very good defense. And it'll get better next year defense. when McKinney's healthy. Agreed. Yeah. So so you and whoever have, they sign. Almost, you have a, a a third of the phases in play. They have a good enough defense. defense. That's what they have. Yes, I agree. And, and you have a good enough defense that's keeping you in games. And I, again, I agree. It doesn't really look like the offense and and specifically Daniel Jones is really doing enough to kind of want to keep you interested. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, I was talking to Tyler before we went on this show because we just did the baseball mm-hmm. show. He said, "Oh, Daniel Jones doesn't have anyone to throw to." I disagree. Slayton's a guy you can throw to. Sterling Shepard's a guy you can throw to. Um, yeah, I mean, they're they're tight ends. Not well, Ingram you can throw to, but Ingram, I don't like yeah, Ingram. Could, yeah, but, but he, the he's other still the other Caden um, Smith, he's a guy you can mm-hmm. throw to. Like he's been pretty impressive. So the idea that Daniel Jones doesn't have weapons, in my opinion, is not true. He doesn't have that number yeah. one receiver. He doesn't have Odell Beckham, but but not a lot of teams he doesn't do. have nobodies. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, Sam Donald has nobodies. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, and then finally this year they kind of brought in some guys like Perryman and Mims is finally back. Darnold hasn't played with them yet. I want to see what he does with that. But yeah, I think again when you really look at that excuse of like, oh, they've got nobody. You look mm-hmm. at the Patriots like right now, like their wide receiving core, like there's nobody. Like you don't even have Edelman on the field anymore, and he was like the only guy they had that was actually somewhat of, of a good player. Like that's that's a very depleted kind of team. And then again, I mean, also, I mean, the Giants have, have Golden Tate too. Obviously, he's got his own issues yeah. right now with them. But it's, I, yeah, I would not by any means say that they have nobody to throw to. I mean, again, I, yeah. I would, if I went down and looked at every receiving core in the league, I, I do not think they would be bottom five, realistically yeah. speaking. They have I just, I, that's what do I mean. Do you think it's unfair that Daniel Jones is getting critiqued this year without Barkley? Do you think that makes that much of a difference? No, no, because because personally, I, I I never really liked the way they use Barkley anyway. I feel like he's a guy who you need to get into the screen game and then do outside runs yes. with, and they would just ram him up the middle. And that's not saying he's not strong, but maybe their offensive line isn't work working like that. So they never used him the right way anyway. And you're seeing Gallman had had a lot of success the last week, so it's going to be interesting to see. All right, how does the rest of the, the Giants kind of run game? How does that progress throughout the years, years too, or throughout this year too? And I, I really don't think that like Saquon is really changing his success. Them, I mean, a, a little bit. I, I will say a little bit because obviously Saquon is going to be better than a Goldman. He's going to help the play action game and stuff like that. So a little bit, but enough to say, oh, we need to see another year of what he does with Saquon. I wouldn't go that far. 
because if you do that, if you do that, then you get closer to the rookie contract of Saquon expiring. Yeah. So it's probably good to see what Jones does without Barkley because, you know, you can very well not have Barkley in three or four years. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we both have alluded to that could be a, a very real uh, reality. So, again, I, I, would not, I would not use that as a reason to justify keeping Daniel Jones or keeping you from, say, drafting a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence. Like, that to me would be a pretty kind of lame excuse because now, now you're, you're, you're relying on your franchise quarterback to his whole career basically is with the Giants is relying on Saquon and the surgically repaired Nate. Uh, let's move on. Let's tackle a couple more teams before we go. Let's start with the Buccaneers who got mm-hmm. destroyed on Sunday night football. Is this one of those games or is this cause for concern for Tampa? I think it's, I think it's cause for concern because you saw, you've seen this a couple times and again, I think it comes down to Bruce Arians because we've seen the shades of Tom Brady being good. Their offense uh, on paper is extremely good, but I, and I remember, I think Dan Orlovsky alluded to it a little bit saying how th- th- this is just unacceptable. And, and he said like, this happens too many times throughout the year where they just show up and get blown out. Like, how do you murder the Packers, like destroy mm-hmm. the Packers. And then you put a bad performance against the saints. Like that to me makes absolutely I don't no think sense. Tom Brady's ever lost like that in his career. I would, no, be, I mean, it would take me a while to find that game. The the whole the whole kind of vibe of the game was just like what the hell is going on? And obviously Brady's not going to throw anyone under the bus because he didn't play well either by any means. But uh, again, I, that looks to me like they just weren't prepared. They just simply were not were, were not prepared. And you think they, they would be because they lost to the yeah. Saints on Week One, mm-hmm. and they kind of needed that game in terms of the tiebreakers. And the Saints are yeah, the one 100%. team that's going to challenge them in that division, and they completely laid an egg on national television. That that you couldn't have, have have put up a worse performance than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Absolutely could not. I think I think that's going to be the worst performance from a playoff and allegedly Super Bowl contending team that we're going to see so far this year. That I definitely calls for concern. And we can flip the coin and give the Saints credit. Agreed. I don't think I don't think we expected this to happen on Sunday. No. We would no, we've been talking about up. hey, is Breeze done? He's not throwing the ball down the field. His numbers aren't the same. Mm-hmm. Breeze, 26, 32, 222 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. A classic Breeze right. performance. Maybe not in terms of yardage. Normally he's in like the 300s. But yeah. for what he is now, that's probably the best yeah. Drew Breeze can do. And that's I mean, very good. I think you just tip of the cap to Sean Payton for understanding, hey, we don't have this this big live arm anymore, so let's kind of cater the offense to him. And that's just a testament to what a good coach is. As much as you want to say, oh, well, we need a guy to fit my scheme, you got to conform to what you got a little bit. You you can't be stubborn. You got to conform. And he did. And you're seeing them still be successful in his old age and potentially last year playing football. Let's now let's play this game. Has our expectations for both teams changed because of this game? Maybe the saints maybe jump into that super bowl contention, that conversation, and maybe the Mm -hmm. Buccaneers leave it. Or do you Uh, think it's just one game? I I would say, yeah, I, I would, I would definitely say that. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely am not as high on the Buccaneers as I was, two, three, four weeks ago. And I think definitely the the Saints, you're seeing that defense really step up to what you assume they were going to be earlier in the year. So we get, yeah, right off the bat, if I had to put money on, do I think the Buccaneers are going to even have a playoff win? I would say no. I, I really yeah. would. That, that just was such a piss-poor performance from mm-hmm. that whole team. And when you look at the NFC, it's not a runaway. No. Like, there's not, not really that 
elite team in the NFC. You got the Packers who have looked bad at times this year in some mm-hmm. of their games where they've laid, laid an egg. The Saints mm-hmm. have done the same, and now the Buccaneers have. And now the game over your shoulder, the Seahawks have a bad loss. So the, the good old phrase, any given Sunday, you know, any team other than the NFC East team that comes into the playoffs, any of those yeah. teams could represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. There's no clear-cut favorite because all these teams are very vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, you're not seeing any sort of fraction of a level of dominance that you're seeing with the in the AFC with the Chiefs and with the Steelers. And that's I mean, you just you look at you got six and two Saints, six and three Buccaneers, six and two Seahawks who have a disgustingly bad defense. You have the the five and three Cardinals, who have again the number one offense in football, but again another team that their defense isn't really there. Like you have a ton of uncompleted teams, which is it's so weird. And that's again another reason why the Giants got to be hey we got to figure this out because the NFC is not looking too hot right now. We got to mm-hmm. step it up. And again. You look at Aaron Rodgers, he's not going to be there for too much longer. You got Drew Brees, he might not even be there next year. Tom Brady, he's not going to be there for in a, in a couple of years. So looking at the landscape as from a quarterback perspective, I mean, you're not really seeing, you're not going to see much continuity from who the quarterbacks are now to who are going to be the quarterbacks in three years. Yeah, and if you're a team that's on like the friends, like, like you know, the Giants or the Bears or the Vikings, the Lions, and then you got the mm-hmm. Falcons and the Panthers, all these teams that are down, even the 49ers and the Rams, like – you're not giving up for the next no. few years to rebuild. You're just not because none of these teams are any good. And as you said, the two teams on top of the South, the Saints and the Buccaneers, have quarterbacks in their 40s, right? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is in, what, 37 years old now? Yeah. In that area? Still awesome, but he's obviously getting he, up there. What, what NFC East team has, you know, the guy for the next decade like we see in the AFC? I mean – Seattle? Uh, well, let's 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 go through it honestly. So we'll start. Kyler with, probably is the only one. Yeah, I mean, let's go through. So Philly got Wentz. I don't. Again, do you think I'll just no. put it this way? I'll. I know Phillies. I know Eagles fans. They they're done. So so I'll, I'll I'll do it like this. You tell me yes or no. I'll go through down through each team and whether okay. you think the, the quarterback that is there right now, and I'll just say and whatever is going to be the same quarterback in four years. Okay. So Philly with Wentz. No. Uh, Washington with any of the three quarterbacks no. they have. Dallas with Dak. Yes. Giants with uh, Den Jones. No. Uh, Green Bay with Rodgers. Four years now. Think about it. How old is he now? He's like 35, 36, maybe 34. I mean, they didn't draft up to sit for five years, so I'm going to say no. Fair. And then Chicago with Foles or Trubisky. No. Uh, Minnesota with, with uh, Kirk Cousins. Detroit with Stafford. No, I think that's been long overdue, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, uh, Drew Brees with, with the Saints. No. Tom Brady with the Bucks. No. Matt Ryan with the Falcons. No. Teddy Bridgewater with Carolina. No. I maybe. Think, uh, I that's a maybe. Maybe. Maybe, yes. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson with Seattle. Probably. Yeah, I would say that's a yes. He'll Arizona. Be, he'll with- be closer to the end, but he'll still be good. Yeah. Arizona with Kyler. Yes. And Goff with the Rams is even a questionable one. Maybe. Yeah. And slight then, yes. I'll give a slight, slight yes. That's fair. And then Jimmy G with San Fran. We don't know. Who knows what? I, I, I would say no. So, I mean, realistically, we just went through 16 teams, the whole NFC conference. And there was maybe two one, uh, 200% yeses in Seattle with Russ 
and then Arizona with Kyler as far as are they going to be the starting quarterbacks this year? A three with 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 Dak in Dallas. Yes. That to me is the a NFC. Lot. It's much better percentage. The, yeah, the AFC. The, yeah. So I mean, let's 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 play that game now. So same thing. Let's go through the AFC. So we got Josh Allen in Buffalo. Yes. Tua with Miami. Yes. Cam Newton with the Patriots. No. Sam Darnold with the Jets. No. Big Ben with the Steelers. No, but he's still very good now. That's yes. the, that's the caveat. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. Yes. Uh, Baker with Cleveland. I'll say yes. Agreed. Uh, Joe Burrow with the Bengals. Yes. Tannehill with the Titans. How old's Tannehill? He's like 32, and he just signed a yeah. four-year deal. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, they made the AFC Championship last year. They're six and two now. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, Philip Rivers with Indy. Yes. No, really? I'm sorry. No, oh. I, th- I was looking at Houston when you said that. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, uh, 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 Deshaun Watson, Houston. Yes. Uh, Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville. No. Uh, Mahomes and KC. Don't need obviously yes. Uh, Derek Carr the Raiders is an interesting one. Um, maybe if they make the yeah. playoffs this year, then it's looking good. Agreed. He's finally uh, healthy. I think that's important. Yeah, uh, Drew Locke with the, with the Broncos. No, and then Herbert with the Chargers. Yes. So I mean that had to be at least what double triple. That had to be half the league. Yeah, half the conference. Is, agreed. I mean, when Which when is better when than you, two. Yes, when, like when you really think about it, like that, like people really need to look at the NFC uh, the NFC landscape. And we we talked about this in a previous episode, saying how you're going to have a lot of changing of the guard quarterbacks and. A lot of them are coming in the NFC, so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. That's why, again, if you're a fan of any team who's not really in that playoff hunt right now, you need to figure it out real quick because you're going to see a lot of other teams, like I think like the Saints, I think like Tampa Bay in a couple years that are going to be in more of a rebuild mode because they don't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really interesting to see. That was that – was, Honestly, very cool to see, like, really, yeah. like, where everyone's Like, when you at. say it out loud, you realize just how, like, dire situations yeah. that some NFC East teams, NFC teams have. Just just the whole NFC. You really look, you're like, yeah. damn, like, are, are, like, is this team really going to figure it out? I mean, you just, like, you see so many incomplete teams. It, it really is. It's weird. I don't know. Let's finish the show with Pittsburgh. Beat oh. Dallas. Didn't play their best game, but they still mm-hmm. won anyway. They're 8-0. Yeah. We talk about the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs. Like, it's just a done deal. They're going oh, to the Chiefs. Is it, though? Can this Steelers team – I mean, they could. I mean, obviously they can. Anyone can beat yeah. anyone on any given Sunday. But is it time to give the Steelers that favorite ranking in the AFC over Kansas City? Uh, let's think let's, – let's, let's talk through this a little bit. So, you looked at the Super Bowl last year, Niners versus Chiefs. It was a classic battle of offense versus defense. Mm-hmm. I would say this is the same Chiefs offense versus Steelers defense, but the Steelers have a lot better of an offense than the Niners did. So I would probably give the edge to the Steelers a little bit because that defense is tenacious, mm-hmm. absolutely tenacious. And Big Ben is not is not rolling over right now. Yeah, he is I mean, I thought alive. I honestly thought he was done going into the year. Yeah, no, those wide those wide receivers, those young wide receivers, are giving him some life. And James Conner, same thing. And that that old line is just and the defense is going to keep him in games. I, I have all the faith in the world that that offense can beat up uh, a Chiefs defense because the Chiefs defense is they're pretty good. 
nothing too too crazy. And then you're but, then what the, the question will be: Can Mahomes beat the Pittsburgh defense? He can. Of course, I mean, I'm, can, I'm not yeah. going to bet against Patrick Mahomes. He might be but, the best quarterback we'll ever see by yeah. the time it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. But you know, but but on that one day in what Super December defense January defense wins championships. That's the classic saying. Yeah, because realistically, if they met in the AFC Championship, it's like you're not going to see a collapse like you did with the Falcons and the Patriots. You're not going to see it like we did with the Niners against the Chiefs, and then even the the Texans against the Chiefs, Titans against the Chiefs, and the Texans against the Chiefs. You're not going to see those collapses with the Steelers' defense. You're just not. You're absolutely Mm -hmm. not. So again, it's 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 obviously if you just you if you just kind of take. The, if you take the last year out of it and their success last year with the Chiefs and you really just look at this year, that Steelers defense is so good. And, it, again, it's just uh, – to me, I, I would give the edge right now to the Steelers. That could change tomorrow, but that's and where I'm at. One of the knocks, maybe the only knock on the Chiefs that we can find when we really have to look for it, is that they sometimes don't start well. Yeah. We saw it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We've seen it in games this year. They played the Chargers. It took them a while. Even the Jets game, it kind of took a little bit for them to get going. Mm-hmm. They don't have that luxury against the Steelers' defense. Because if you get behind, as you said, by you know, 10 nothing in the first, that's a very, very tall hill to climb. Even if you know in another game against another team, that's a piece of cake. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to look at some of their games right now. Like some of their close ones, like you won by three against the Chiefs, and the Chargers probably should have pulled that one out. You lost to the Raiders, obviously. You beat the Bills by nine, destroyed the Broncos, destroyed the Jets, obviously. Then you only won by two against the Panthers. And trying to see the Chiefs, Chiefs Buccaneers is going to be, I think, is going to be a fun game to, to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think is that that, this week? that'll be now that is in uh, two, uh, two weeks. So they, they, okay. got, they got Chiefs, Chiefs, so Raiders. the Buccaneers to like regroup. Yeah, I mean, you look at kind of the back end. They got Chiefs play the Saints as well. That'll be a good game too to see them against that, that NFC there. But so yeah, the, I mean, so the way that the schedule just works out with the teams that the Chiefs have to play, that home field advantage might go to Pittsburgh, and that could be very important. No, yeah, again, we still want to play there. The Patriots, yeah, no, one hundred percent. You again, and whether and obviously comes into play whether people believe it or not like certain stadiums have fans and certain teams don't so that could be a, a big factor as well as far as home field advantage yeah absolutely i think that would be such a great afc championship game yeah you just it would just be so just gritty that would probably be that would probably be the super bowl yeah, yeah the way I, it looks like with the nfc yeah i mean that that always happens that we see in sports a lot that especially like in, in basketball it's like all right Lakers Clippers like that's the that's the championship like whoever you play uh in the east in the in the actual championship it's like it's whatever that's more of a, co- a consolation game and it'd be huge for Ben if he can get three a lot of people have two not many yeah. have three I don't know who has three Brady has has obviously six. Brady yeah does Montana have three Brady. does Young have three who has three I mean, off the top of my head I mean Eli has two doesn't Peyton have what two Peyton has two if that, that three is that three, a, you're up there. All of a sudden, yeah. you're he's a Hall of Famer anyway. Yeah, and, but, and honestly, that 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 championship or even deep playoff run might buy him some more time with the Steelers because he's kind of mm-hmm. coming towards the end of his deal. I think he's got maybe one year after this, if that. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for for the Steelers and then just for just for the kind of the landscape of football is Ken Mahomes once again try to dethrone that changing the guard quarterback he couldn't do it with Brady that wasn't his fault it was it was defense's fault and then can he do it now against uh, Big Ben I think yeah. that'd be really and if really on the other cool if flip, flip, flip the coin if Mahomes gets it mm-hmm. then you have two by the time you're 24. Similar like kind of Russell Wilson. And then well, Wilson only had the one, and then they threw the interception at the goal line, so he st- yeah. stayed at one. Should, should have had the two. Should have had two. All of a sudden, yeah. that Mahomes has two at 24. All of a sudden, you're on your way to being the best football player of all time, like really quick. Oh, easy. Like he, can, yeah, well, he can be that by 30 if we really yeah. like, want to play that game. He'll be, but, he'll, be on the, he'll be on the Yankees by the time he's 32. He'll go on oh to bigger and better things. Can you imagine? He'll try this one, <laughs> exactly. He'll pull a Tebow, and it'll be, be much more. better. He'll be bored of football, of winning and making $500 million. Uh, and that will just about do it. Week 10 is coming up. Let's see what we got here on this Dolphins Chargers, Giants Eagles. What's the big game this week? don't really see one. The Chiefs have a bye. Jets have a bye. I don't really see that huge game that probably everyone has Bill, to say. Uh, Bills Cardinals, I think, will be probably yeah, the best one. Yeah, I think one. that's it. The Thursday game is Colts-Titans. Uh, that'll with be with that a, with you will that could be a good one. Philip Rivers needs to play better, even though the Colts are five and three. Vikings um, Bears on Monday doesn't do much for me. I know they're kind of both decently good teams, but not the best do week. Much. But we'll watch anyway. That's the thing about the NFL; they don't need to give us what we want. We'll just I'm watch. watch, I'm anyway. watch yeah, I'm watching anyway. That's a great point. So we'll watch and then we'll talk about it next week. Okay, that's the way it's been working, and we're going to stick to it. So <laughs> for Matt Ferrar. My name is Glenn Zenegris. Enjoy week 10, and we'll be back next week on another edition of Ice the Kicker.